Hi, I'm Liz Cully, and welcome back to Cool, Cool, Cool. Each week, I give you a glimpse into what I think is cool and chat with a ton of people that are definitely cool. No topic is off bounds unless I guess it's not cool. Welcome to Cool, Cool, Cool. I just love me some Cameron Esposito. Let me tell you. They are so funny, so kind, so chill. And that doesn't always happen, you know, especially with comedians. You never know what you're going to get. Complicated characters, layers, just so deep, so many emotions. But I love, I love when they're just chill and cool and kind and collected. And that is what you will get today on Cool, Cool, Cool. Uh, I recently saw Cameron at a friend's comedy show, and we really dive into that, which is great. And really just talk about our feelings, because, you know, that's what, uh, that's what queer people do. We talk about our feelings. So uh, enjoy. I like to say that I'm a wonderful, like, audience member in a comedy show because I love to laugh so much. That being said, I don't typically like being in the front row. <laughs> um, especially when okay. I know sure. the comics. Um, especially when it's an intimate setting like a backyard. Yeah, I didn't. Well, I loved it. FYI. Did you? I was, yeah, because like I hadn't seen you in a while. And um, <laughs> I was like, horrified. I think the last time I, because we've like, internet met and then i like bumped into you at the grove i don't know oh my god yes which i don't even know why i was at the grove i'm not at the grove that's not a place I'm. you were at the grove and i I felt live near there no i know but i felt so i used to live there and now i live next to the other grove i live um in glendale now near the americana yeah i live in glendale i mean the americana is my zone i go there every year to see it snow for Christmas. Have oh my God, call I mean, me. Do they, they do that at the Grove or no? Oh yeah, they definitely do that. Yeah, at the, Grove. the snow is amazing. Look, I'm from Chicago and for anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about, we're already going, right? This is already the show. Yeah, this isn't the show. <laughs> we're like good to go. Okay. Yeah, because when I first moved to LA, uh, around Christmas time at this, it's like a chain of malls, the Grove. Rick Caruso. I feel like yeah. people now in the zeitgeist. I know zeitgeist. he like ran for mayor. mayor. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, he owns these malls and at like 8 PM around Christmas time, they like shoot, I don't know what that is. Something that's destroying the environment. I'm sure. Like plastic. I think it's bubble. Yeah. It's, but it's so fun. And it's wonderful. So, you know, Christmas and then. No, they just actually, I'm going to cut you off. They only play Michael Buble. Rick Caruso is (laughs) single-handedly. Making Michael Bublé oh, a bajazil, yeah. and it doesn't even have to be Christmas. Constant yeah. Michael Bublé. Sure. Okay. You know what? You're right. <laughs> yes. And also, there's like a trolley. It look yeah. if you are into commercialism, and for me, that is a part of the holiday season. Like, you know, I'll I'll look. Do I want to hold a shopping bag and walk around near a trolley and get? hit in the eye with plastic snow it turns out yes yeah shopping in a place is no longer part of my life since the internet will deliver you know men's clothes to me fair <laughs> at enough. my house fair enough 
Fair enough. I have so a hard, I yeah. I, well, and I was there returning something and I felt so, it's so weird, especially post pandemic. And for me, probably similar to you, I meet a lot of people via the internet or I had the pleasure of interviewing a lot of people via the internet. So I'm always like, hey, ooh, hey, I'm Liz in real life. No, that was and, cool. Okay. I liked that you just said, hey. And then, okay. so anyway, you were sitting in the front row at this show that was outside. And I thought you were great. Great audience member, loved it. I was like, I'm in the zone of in LA. I'm just kind of like fucking around and trying things out. So it was not like a tight stand-up set, but I had a really nice time sort of telling stories and experimenting with stuff. Because, you know, when I'm on the road and people are like paying a ticket price, or even in LA when people are paying a ticket price, then I feel like I have to give them a show. But if I'm in a backyard, I'm like, well, I think we have to set this because you're actually you're negating some incredibly funny moments. So we were at okay. Rachel Scanlon, who everybody knows is a dear friend. I love Rachel to death. I'm sure you do, too. She has this backyard series. It's very queer. It's very yeah. it's wonderful. This was right in Franklin Village. We go and we were we were not late, I would say. It just was the. The, the queers were very prompt. So when we arrived, uh. <laughs> I was like, Rachel, where am I? Not to be like, whatever, diva-ish, but I'm like, where the fuck am I supposed to sit? She's like, oh, no, no, I want like in the front row. I'm like, dude, yeah. come on. Like, don't put me. And my poor wife is painfully shy. So um. I'm like, okay, you want us in the front row? She's like, yeah, you're a great laugh. Like, you're a great yeah. laugh. Go on the front. I'm like, oh, fuck. So we go on the front. The first two, com like Rachel does her thing, another comic does her thing. But what people don't realize is that there was a building, an apartment building right next Absolutely. to us that was pissed. Yeah, they were pissed. They did have to yell. They did have to yell to shut up. And, <laughs> and you, you know what I will say? You were the perfect person to come <laughs> on. You were. You were. You were perfect. You were perfect because you're like, yeah, I would probably do the same. That's I me. That is me a hundred percent. If there was a fucking show next to my house, I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, there would have to be a true crime podcast about what I would do to those folks that were performing at that show. I look, I love <laughs> entertainment, but it does matter if I can opt in, you know, and for sure, like a full Amplified stand-up show. <laughs> like a full it's stage. Like a nightmare. But then the best part is that then they started playing like Nickelback or something. <laughs> remember? But something else happened during that show. And I thought you were so kind and graceful and incredible. And you know, some and for people listening, some people don't know, like you really Sh okay, there's two. And this is Liz Colley's opinion. I'm this is cute. I, I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen? I'm going to. Well, other You're than right. the fact that you were like, oh my God, Liz in the front. And I was like, yes, keep talking to me. Oh my yeah, God. Yay. Very sweet. But another thing happened during that show. It was chaotic for you. You were like handling it all. I think you were having like your first white claw. It was a lot. It was, oh everything God, it was. was happening. And also, just FYI, this is, look, I'm fully at like, here's the thing. And I'm not. I'm in a place where it's, ex it's, I like, I made it. Like, I already made it. Now, could I continue to be a bigger presence in the stand up world? Do I still have goals and dreams? Yes. But what I'm trying to say is when you're a baby comic, 
you sort of have to like beg, borrow, and steal, right, to try to get on a show. But I, I've got, I've got it in the bag. I've got yeah, creds. You're I, good. I, you know, whatever. So for this show, and like I did this again last night. For this show, I Rachel was like, "Will you do the show?" And I was like, "Listen, Rachel, just so you know, I need to be able to park." So like they let me park. Oh my in god, the driveway. I was like, I need to be able to park. Also, I will arrive for my set, and I will leave when it is over. Like I like I just. And yeah, really I love at it. that place of like, tell me exactly when to be there. And I'm so friendly and loving. I did a show last night where it was like, it's this great show called Comedian Feud. And you have to like assemble your team and whoa, you play That sounds a game. like a lot of work. Whoa, whoa, I, whoa. This is what I said. I said, I would love to be a team captain. You provide the team and I won't even read any emails. I will show up. I love tell it. me what it is. Like, I just, I just am... I'm tired, man, and I got other stuff going on. And so anyway, that is also part of this. Is that okay? That well, show, you I wouldn't truly... have known. You wouldn't have known. You were so lovely. You arrived. You got dealt the fucking brunt because the what I don't know if you realize because you drove on to set and yeah, yeah, yeah. then I walked literally up. did. I parked directly at the microphone. <laughs> because which I, by the way, for I those listening, me out. Yeah. in yeah, Franklin Village is like a hundred. Yeah, yeah, babe. Yeah. You yeah. gotta say throw in parking. 100%. Otherwise, anyway, keep going. So what you don't realize is that the comic before you was, I think, still working out volume, you know, like, and was so um, fucking loud. And then you come yeah. up, you were so great. You were working on what I think is new material, and I'll get yeah. to this. But what yeah. people, I just want people to listen to two things. And this is a Liz Cully. I'm not putting words in your mouth. I actually don't give a singular fuck when you go to a concert because I grew up going to concerts with like throwaway cameras and we specifically just took pictures of ourselves smoking cigarettes in parking lots and then we would like develop those pictures and remember like blacking out. That is the extent. And then we had our own memories of going to said concerts. I don't actually need to be on Instagram listening or watching you at Beyonce or Taylor Swift. Please enjoy that concert when you go to a comic. Please don't record that comic. Like, you are there to be present, ingesting, understanding, feeling the energy, and being at a show. So, a lovely super fan of yours started to record you, and you you stopped, but you could not have been lovelier, kinder, chiller, and you're like, hey, are you recording me? And my, because I don't like conflict, because I'm like the child of an alcoholic so i was like like and you're like hey um are you recording me and this person was like yeah 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 but it's like for my own thing and you're like hey and you paused and you stopped and you're like i'm working out material i need to be able to sell this like i just thought you were so i if i didn't love you before that my wife and i were like god she's a fucking what a lovely human being that Cameron Esposito. I really have to say, because she's a therapist, so we obviously processed this in the car ride home. Oh my God, that's so sweet. And I was like, God, Cameron really handled that like so empathetically and kind. I mean, I think you were a little annoyed, but that's also me observing. But I, and you know, you were like, do you mind deleting that? It wasn't like you roasted them or I hate all that crowd work. I don't like that like shit. But I really have to give you the feedback in real time. I just was like, you are a wonderful person for setting your boundary, but also kind of educating people to not record you. Anyway. Wow, that is so sweet. And you know, here's what I'll say. 
So, you know, I'm not a million years old. I'm a regular age. I'm 42. But um, <laughs> when I started doing stand-up, so I was like 19 when I started doing comedy. And then I was 25 when I switched from like doing improv professionally to stand-up. So that's almost 20 years ago. And what I will say is that out queer comics that mixed into the world, that wasn't a thing. Like right. Wanda Sykes and Allen and folks like that, they made their names and then came out and it did have career repercussions. Same thing with like Rosie O'Donnell. Like it had re career reper repercussions for all of them. Like, I don't know if you remember on the Rosie O'Donnell show, she always had to like sell that she had a big crush on Tom Cruise. Like oh, we really had to fly. Do we not? I, first of all, right? I mean, I can't wait to finally meet Rosie. We DM'd once and that was it. And She's like, great. I've heard she's, she's wonderful, great. but I always want I always want to be like, babe, like that was also so strange because Tom Cruise is allegedly so. Yeah. 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 You know, well, like I, it's like we Scientologist. Have, that's what right? I like, if you were. If yeah. you're waiting for the pause, I was so allegedly Scientologist is what I was trying <laughs> to allude to. Like we had to. Right. We had to do that. Like there wasn't an option. And then the folks who were out and queer, the like Leah Delario's, they were sort of put into another category like they right until leah had this huge moment on orange is the new black like that's a person who'd been doing stand-up forever and hadn't like reached that sort of like being paid the right amount and all that kind of thing so anyway the reason i'm saying all this is i feel like because of when i started and the number of comics that were out and i was you know like i was young and people were young young people go out to shows a lot of times, many, many times, the number, I can't even tell you, it's an, it's an uncountable amount of times folks have told me that like they're queer and it's their first stand-up show because of that thing where comics have a reputation for like roasting, picking yeah. up people, noticing them. For queer people to be noticed is dangerous. Like, yeah. to you know, we have like unusual haircuts or we're wearing like a suit or dressing in masculine clothing or super feminine and then like there's a zillion things that in culture we're already picked apart for and then in comedy like i think people arrive really really nervous and so when i'm interacting with an audience i'm like so aware of my own experience as a queer person and then the audience's experience and so like after show if there's a meet and greet moment and folks are like like i can tell who is wearing a tie to my show who might not be able to do that at work. Like I can tell yeah. the number of times I've had folks be like, it's like a trans femme person who says to me, like, this is the first time I've dressed like this in public. Like it's so many times. So if somebody is recording me, I am just like aware of how like delicate right. we are and how like the Supreme Court affects our ability to love and enjoy stand-up comedy. <laughs> so like 100%. what I want to do is hold you all in my hands like little baby birds because I need to be a baby bird too. And like, am I? I'm, I think I'm very funny. I think I give a good show, but I also don't. I don't want you to be. I don't want to harm you. Like yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, my enough. goal. Yeah. And um, also, if you're like a straight dude with giant arms, um, mm. who's like feeling really threatened by me, I will destroy you oh, like know. you know like it's not it's not like i fully can take that person apart but if it is us if it's like our fam i i'm so gentle 
no, does that but make I think, sense? No, of course it does. And you were just, and you were exactly that. And I think, you know, I've been to so many, so many shows. I typically kind of only go to queer shows now because I'm like, fuck everybody. I mean, not fuck everybody else. I love you, Ron, if you're listening. Ron Fudges for life. Ron's probably like, yeah, fuck, sure. fuck Liz. But like, Ron is a dear, dear friend. We've been friends for 15 years, like whatever. But I typically go to support my people. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we're, again, I'm old too, right? So like, we've all been doing this for so long. And if I'm going to go drive to Franklin Village and literally panic that my car is going to be towed in like 15 minutes, I'm going to make sure <laughs> it's for you and yeah. for Rachel and for and also I want to see new people and and, yeah. and support new people. But I just I had to tell you because it stuck with us. I mean, we were like mm. driving home and I was just like, that was so wonderful. Rachel's like, I know we I loved that Cameron set her boundaries. And I was like, me too. And like it all worked. And that person probably didn't leave feeling gutted, but more, you know, I think also not to like bring it back to the strikes, but I it is really hard to make money as a creative person right now with the yeah. internet. Your stuff being sh you know what i mean your new material which was very vulnerable by the way which by the way i loved it um oh, thank you. yeah. you're welcome is really difficult and so i think there's so many layers to actually that teachable moment that you were yeah. showing i think you know going viral doesn't do shit for me like it's happened to me a couple of times it doesn't really fucking matter. It doesn't put money into my wallet. It doesn't help me pay for this show, for this producer. And so I think people sometimes forget that. We're, mm -hmm. we're like, that's cool. But yeah. I actually need to, like all these wonderful things that are in my brain, I need to actually, yeah, you know, make some And you're scroll. specifically also talking about like, are you talking about like the roast, the sort of like aggressive crowd work that goes viral? Is that what you're talking about? No, I've never done any. Are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I, I just mean in terms of when you're no, saying, no, I, like, I mean, like, or are you, you saying know, they taking capture that and share? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm saying, you know, I've had moments where in this show or my past show, yeah, where people have shared things and it got picked totally. up, yeah, but that didn't give me advertisers, that didn't do shit. And so, I guess yeah. my point was, you were like, hey, I'm working on material, could you not yeah. share it because I need it to be fresh. So that yeah. when I walk into a room, I can package it and sell it, et cetera. Totally. I mean, I've had um, even, like, I had my first ever late night set. Ended up being, like, a whole thing. Wait, what show was that on? I to do it. It was on Craig Ferguson. Um, and it was, like, a year after I moved here. So 10 years ago. It was, like, so I moved here in 2012. It was, like, the one-year anniversary when I moved here. It was 2013. And I got, and I had been on Chelsea lately a bunch. I started doing right. like animated voices. I was on I was on a bunch of other things. Um, but I hadn't done stand-up on television yet. And I got booked on the Craig Ferguson show to do, you know, those stand-up spots that are like four minutes and twenty seconds or whatever. And you have to have a really planned out set. You send them tapes, you send them a transcript, they run it by sensors. Like it is very all that stuff that you see that and now it's like on TikTok, they you know, like Fallon or whatever puts their stuff out on TikTok, but it exists on television as well, and then you know, like YouTube everywhere else. But so you're basically selling them scripted, like very specifically scripted thing. Anyway, I went on the show and it was the week that Jay Leno had announced that he was gonna lead the tonight show, and he was the other guest on Craig Ferguson, which by the way, never happens. Like Whoa. a late night 
host yeah, no. is not a guest on another late night. Like, like Jimmy Fallon is like not on like John Oliver's show. Like it doesn't, it's not a thing. So I showed up and Jay was the other guest and he was very kind to me backstage because he saw me like pacing around with a notebook and he was like, oh, are you the comic on the show? And Oh my God. And so, wow. so he, was, okay. he was like, go out there and kill him. And here's the other thing. In the way that they taped things, the comics, the guests wouldn't stay and watch. So like the guest comes out and does an interview with Craig and then they sort of like leave if they want to. And sort of like you out, of driving up to Yeah, the exactly. It's yep. like Jay doesn't have to stay for that. Doesn't nobody gives a fuck. So he, because I was a comic, stayed. And so there's two late night hosts that are watching me do stand up. And I, at the time, was talking about being engaged. And again, it's 2013. It's like, I don't even think we had, we like didn't have like the national right to get married. Like it was like, this was like very rock and roll to be talking about this on CBS. And I said, you know, I don't even know what to wear as a queer, as like a lesbian, which was what I was using at the time. I'm gonna wear like a denim wedding dress. And then I turned to Jay and I was like, Jay, you understand denim. I don't have to tell you about it, which is like not a thing. You don't like turn and talk to the person, but it's just like inspired in the moment. Then Craig Ferguson says, are you calling Jay Leno a lesbian? And then I said, well, you don't get that kind of hair swoop without uncertain knowledge of the community. This like just popped into oh my, my head in the moment. God. We're having like a back and forth, like almost like a heckling situation. And it was so wild then. That was so like high. The crowd was like losing their minds so much that I didn't even, I couldn't even like finish the set. And the Craig was like, do you want to just come over here and sit down? Which is as a comic, it's like an, it's, um, it's a compliment to be invited to sit down during your set. And so, the two of them, Jay is like sitting on a chair next to Craig. I'm sitting in a chair. My feet on this chair, like don't even touch the ground. I just have like little dangling feet. And I'm sitting with the two of them. I don't remember what they asked me about, like where I'm from or something. It doesn't matter. They're talking to me about my set. They like loved it. Then Jay Leno looks to the camera, like spikes the camera, direct eye contact and says, yes, les no. Craig goes, yes, old straight white men are out. And, and Jay says, yes, lesbians rule. And then that was the end of the show. And this was on CBS. That's like, nobody wild. was using the word lesbian. Certainly That's wild. Jay Leno. That's wild. Anyway, the point is, I had to do a bunch of, not had to, I got to, it was like news. You know, news. That's, Jay Leno. But those, that Jay is, Leno it, was like the, it was like the headline was like, Jay Leno loves lesbians or whatever it was, you know? And like, I did some interviews about it. It was wild. Okay, fine. So remember when I said a few moments ago that going viral doesn't make anybody money or do anything? That is a different viral moment. That did, that did actually change my career. <laughs> yeah, that's very different. That's very yeah. different. Um, the first time I ever saw you live in the flesh, speaking of lesbians, was yeah. an evening with women. Do you what remember? the fuck is anything? I don't even know. <laughs> come on, I know you I remember this. Remember? No, do you know, like the do you know the number of things? I know Honestly, you're a so, famous person. I know. No, but like the number of things I've done, and I, if you remind me what it is, I will know what it is. Okay, I'm gonna I, remind you right now. Okay, it used to be a charity event in Los Angeles every year with Brent Bolthouse, 
And Linda Perry would always perform. This the year that I saw you, I think it was Carol King, if I Oh, oh, this is at And it was like at the uh, Fonda what, Theater. Yeah. Or something like that. Do you yeah. remember? Yeah. And that I hosted that. You did. Yeah. And that does not exist anymore. Those kind of grandiose queer female identifying right. led evenings. Right. However, right. um yeah, do you Yeah, Clea Duvall and yes. her wife Mia. I think I got involved because of Mia. It's wild, um, like wild the thing. And my parents came to that actually, because when you get to do a show with Carol King, you say to your parents, Do you wanna like come to this? Because look, you don't have context for everything that I've done in my career, but you do know who Carol King is. 100%. So, so like let's let's give you a moment to like understand at all what i do because i just mean like there's a yeah. lot of like stuff that doesn't really make sense and it was so sweet yeah they came to that you know the thing i'll say about well i'm into the fact that like gender fuckage and queerness has expanded what it means to be like a person assigned female at birth i mean mm -hmm. for me i really identifies gender fluid. I mean, I look at Harry Styles and David Bowie and I go, oh, that's what I think I look like. So I don't know. I'm not sure if when you that, look at me, you see Yes, actually I, but when I look I, at me. Yes, I actually I do. And in fact, yeah. the last time I interviewed you, I believe you said you identified as dandy. Does that still? Oh yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I like when that. I'm, yeah, so like when I'm in spaces like that, that feels awesome to me Be like like spaces where like that was a very like femme woman positive like when i'm in spaces like that that feels awesome to me i also think that even more like explicitly inclusive spaces feel awesome to me too and i think some of that has like i feel comfortable in all those spaces and i don't know that everybody does Sure. But I, I do. So it's it's like a combo of I'm so happy that maybe more people get to feel comfy. And also I would feel comfy in those places too. Not everybody would. Do you think it's the same kind of vibe when it's those that identify in the female queer spaces as the same as those that identify in the male queer spaces, like as an equal thing? Because I there there's definitely a different energy. Well, there's game, there's cis gay men. And right. then there's Okay, else. fine. I should say that. Would you feel as comfortable in cis gay male oh God, spaces? I just, I just did. So just taped stand up for World of Wonder has like a um sure app that has like streaming options. World of Wonder, they make drag rigs. And so I got booked on this thing and I was I was like, this should be fun, you know, like well, like when I said yes to it. I was like, okay, sure. Like I went on stand up for, you know, TV for a minute. And I mean, or, you know, this is that an app, but, um, and I, I don't really need to use like my like most precious material that I'm working on in the sweetest way. I can kind of like cobble together jokes that might work for this audience. And then the day of, I got so nervous because gay men, I was like, this is not my audience. Like, I, I thought, what are they gonna think of my outfit? Like, what are they gonna think of my hair? Like, I just was like so 
so nervous. And when I walked out on stage, even I was so nervous. And then, by the way, absolutely destroyed. It was very fun yeah, because duh. I like spoke to them directly and it was really cute and they were sweet. But I will say, do I feel the same way about cis gay men that I do about everybody else? No, <laughs> like that is not. Yeah. I, I, I think I have this long standing association with all men of feeling like I don't think I'm valuable to them and then mm. not knowing how to place myself because like I'm not femi enough. I mean, this is my own stuff. I don't feel like I'm femi enough for gay men to think I'm cute and that we're going to like listen to share together, even though I love share. And I don't feel like I, I feel like for straight men, I have a lot of straight dude friends, but I feel like in groups of straight men, I want to be like, we're the same. Treat me like a buddy. But sometimes I get sexualized and it's confusing. So with gay men, I wish I would be like, I wish I'm like, sexualize me more with straight men. I'm like, sexualize me less. I don't know. I feel it's similar. No, really? I, I do actually. I mean, I think I have like two modes. I either have this mode where I'm no makeup, typically in a Tupac t-shirt. I might have like the biggest collection that's ever existed and like sweatpants and sneakers and I don't give a shit. Or I'm like ultra, ultra borderline drag femme, <laughs> which I love, which is my actual right. favorite. And so even so it's a strange thing. And then I think my energy is sort of in the middle. So I, I have a tough time. Like I was just in New York at my work sales conference. And there's, I mean, listen, I work at Condé Nast. Plenty of gay men, plenty of fashion people, plenty, <laughs> sure. of, you know, like yeah. whatever. And it's so interesting because with, I mean, some of them, and like the way I decided, what I decided to wear, I specifically didn't wear a dress. Like I was very intentional about what, what I was I wore this, actually, you would love this designer. It's this designer from Japan that makes like, Everything is very structured and very interesting. And so I wore like these gingham pants that were, they almost look like architectural and then like a black silk top. Oh, and then cool. I did wear like six inch heels. Which, Can I like look this up on your Instagram? Yeah, I just posted okay. it. And yeah. I like everything I wore to the office that week, like I wore slacks. Like I'm just, I think about things pretty intensely. Oh my God, and it's I, cute to your slacks. Oh. Thanks for bringing that back into my lexicon. Like that is my grip. That's my that's my Nana. Are you gonna mm. wear slacks? I that is fucking. Did I? I didn't even realize I said yeah. I wore slacks. No, it's so it's you did wear slacks. I did. That's I wore. Right. I mean, then I wore like a winter white outfit. And I don't know if you know Emma Wilman, but Emma and I saw each other, who I adore. And Emma yeah. was like, "You look like a Christmas." What was she saying? She was I like Emma a lot. Me too. I yeah. love Emma, actually. Um, yeah. Emma was really funny. She was like, you're like a little Christmas miracle. I was like all in white. But anyway, it was just interesting because I felt like some of the gay men were really like just gagging over some of the women in like dresses. And then the oh, straight yeah. guys were kind yeah. of like, all right, Liz, like, da -da -da -da. and I was like, OK, like, I don't know. I'm I think and I don't know if that's just being a queer person where you're I kind of like not in these binaries. And unfortunately, I think a lot of the time, cis, per, and I'm going to say this for myself, cis white gay men have like a whole, like I don't, they have no need for me. They're just like, okay, so well, that, you know? That and so that's feels, interesting. Yeah. 
And I'm not saying people at my work. I'm saying cis gay white men in general, my brother included. (laughs) Well, here's okay. Here's what I'll say. My two things about this. I want to talk about my wife in a second, but first I want to ask you a question. So you said you're wearing no makeup right now. Yeah. Do you have tinted eyebrows and eyelashes? Yeah. I am thinking about doing this. Oh my God. Um, I'll teach you. I do it myself. I had to teach you do it myself yourself? in the pandemic. So, I ju- you know, I like just, I get my makeup done for events because I don't fucking know how to do makeup. And you know what? I love, I love my makeup artist. We have a really long relationship. Love it. She like really sees me and it's just yeah. like a beautiful, like I will never not. And then she'll recommend folks if she's not available. But like, even if I learned how to do it, I don't even, I'm like not even interested because I found like somebody who I have this like working artistic relationship with. And you know what? There's a lot of people I'm sure listening who don't or who are, don't get their makeup done for their jobs, but it's part of my job. And I'm so glad I found somebody who makes me feel good. Um, but the thing that I will say is I have super blonde eyelashes. So do I. I. They're like white. Yeah. I really like my eyebrows, but I did. Great eyebrows. Fuck them up a little bit in the 90s with a little bit of over. They used to be thicker. So anyway. I, I was you could like, use a I'm serum. Curious. You could use Revitalash on your eyebrows because mine are white. What does that mean? What is that? It's like a serum that'll make your eyebrows grow. Are you serious? Yeah, I had to use it because you don't think I overplucked my eyebrows in the 90s? Revitalash? You got it, babe. Yeah, I'm going to text you all this shit. I like have it all. I even, you can buy the stuff that I do on my eyebrows on Amazon. I'll make like a whole video for you. I do it all the time because I'm not kidding you. My eyebrows and my eyelashes are white like see-through yeah 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 my eyelashes are super yeah okay great so anyway that's great that's That's, so that's that um is there anything else that i need to know about like you know (laughs) no i mean beautiful skin your skin is perfect oh thank you dermatology you know what i mean like yeah it's great keeping up with your shit okay that's i the second thing i want to say it's unrelated unless you would like to add more no no you're the guest no go yes uh my wife yes my wife is perceived as more feminine than me i haven't even you know certainly we have different energies but the number of gay dude friends she has it's like so many really? my wife is my wife has so many gay male friends and it's kind of interesting because when i go to her like when i go to events with her it's like this whole crowd of people that i like i haven't been invited to those parties like we're going to mm. going to one of her friends for Thanksgiving, and I just went to his birthday party, and he works at People Magazine, and like all of his friends are like dudes that that a dude who works at works People at People Magazine. Magazine. Yeah. yeah, they're like <laughs> like I just see what's interesting. Chit chatting around. I know my my cis gay male friends. I they all identify as queer. Which I sort of love. Oh, They're very like. This is not that. Yeah, no, this no, I'm not, hearing you. Yeah, this is I'm not. Hearing you. This yeah, this is, is like not that. Vibes. Yeah. This is not like. Mine are like East Side. Queer. That's that's my friends. Yes. This All is right, like well, a different. Okay, fine. Then we can hang out. But and can... also not like white, not white. Like many, because my wife is mixed race. So got it. It's like gay dudes of a zillion, you know, of of every possible. Background, um, racial identity. Yeah, I love so that. So it's like a crowd that I am like, I just previously had not had access to. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm learning things. 
Also, your hair has been such a journey as well. Speaking of, right? What it's looking think? great. I really like it. I wanted to tell you because when you so I much. first saw you, you had your very you had like a almost like a Jennifer Aniston haircut, if you will, for a while. I had a side mullet for a while, which was like one very side identifying, super grown out and like like majestic, and the other side was very shaved. Um, and then I had really really short like well not really really short i had like a i don't know what i would even call that milo from atlantis hair um <laughs> then i did so like my side mullet when i had a tv show that was called take my wife that was what that character had mm. and then when i had that milo hair i was on a tv show called Million things and that's what that character had and i feel like when both of those things ended it felt a little odd to like continue this hair that had like sort of been somebody else's. Right. That makes um, sense. Does it? I think so. I think if you're like, you've done it and it was a part of a character and you want to like, move on. Exactly. Like it's been used up like that. It's like, like you did it. Like you I had it. it. You did that it. Hair, it exists. It's, it's so, very, I mean, it's very documented. Like uh-huh. you can always reference back to it to if look you it miss up. it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's definitely yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so right yeah. now I'm like, I'm kind of, it's kind of like a Gina Gershon and Bound sort of a situation or like a King Princess situation is what I'm going to eventually have. I'm growing it out a little bit, but then I'm like, when will I stop? Like, maybe I'll just have long hair. I feel very curious. When will you stop? I don't know. Right now it's like, what do you, is this like a night? No, I like love it. Heartthrob? What do you think? Yeah, it is. It's giving me 90210. It's giving me Melrose. Oh my God, it's very 90210, isn't it? Yeah. You're, (laughs) I like it. But you're also like talking to me who, I mean, listen, my, the problem with me is that I was in love, except for Ian Ziering, really, every single character on 90210. Because I was just like, but I didn't even know what bisexual meant. I just was like, I want to be in love with everyone. Like, give me everyone. Do you know what I mean? Same with like Saved yeah. by the Bell. I was in love with everybody. So, and then I was like, oh my God, I'm in love with Jan Jackson and Tupac and, 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 and yeah. you know what I mean? I just kind of wanted like a commune where everybody like loved me the most is really what it was. Um, I was checking out your Wikipedia as one does as the, when they're a seasoned uh journalist i suppose as myself um and it it reads that you know you did one million things which obviously big you were in vancouver which i loved i feel like i kept asking you if you ever went to miku sushi did you ever go to miku sushi when you were Um, there i don't think so no so good no do like a pressed sushi anyway i wasn't like eating every possible thing but i did do everything else yeah that you can do in vancouver like, yeah. like I did every other activity besides go to every. Well, I went to some of the restaurants. Fair enough. But I, I did all the other things. Well, speaking of eating, mm. it, it appears that you were on an episode of Hell's Kitchen. I was. I was. And I. I was. And I'd like Isn't to talk fun? about. Yes, that is so fun. Because I think for me, if someone's like, what? would you want to do? I mean, a lot of listeners know this, and I've talked about this with a few former guests and hosts. I would love to be like on mm, Chopped or like Top Chef. Like that would be my dream. What was being on Hell's Kitchen? Were you like a diner? You have to walk me through this. It was so funny. I was not. So I didn't know that they do this, but 
because the Hell's Kitchen set is in Burbank, um, sort of like right near downtown Burbank. They built oh, it out. Okay. So it's like, it isn't really a restaurant. It's yeah, a it's like big thick. giant warehouse right. that they build into a restaurant. So it has an exterior too, you know, like the Hell's Kitchen exterior that, because I, I love it. I mean, I love Gordon Ramsay. So I've definitely watched yeah. that show. And there's like an exterior that looks like a, I mean, I think they actually do have locations that are Hell's Kitchen, but where they shoot the show, they like put an exterior and there's like a carpet, all this stuff is going on. There's a giant line of people that have like signed up to be, you know, diners at, at the Hell's Kitchen restaurant that is real. It's just created for right. the show. So there's like real stoves and stuff like that. But I didn't know that they also like stunt cast people to be just eating. Like I wasn't a judge. <laughs> like his house kitchen is just like Gordon Ramsay yelling at everybody in like right. two teams, um, a red team and a blue team. And so like the episode I was on, Lonnie Love, who's like another comic. I love she Lonnie and her Love. Her husband were there <laughs> eating. And then me and my wife Katie were there eating. And they like basically gave us a two-top. Ours was right super we were the closest you could be to the action lonnie and her husband were like a little bit further and you know there's like a crane coming around and there's like a maitre d and all this and there are servers and then there's chefs that are actually making the food and by the way the food is good like i it was yeah, it was like delicious it. like it really i was like what is this gonna be like it was like very good so you like order off of a very set menu it's like sort of like it feels like a a, a bit like an airplane where you're like Okay, you know, I'm going to order off of these three things and it feels like it's like meant to be fancy, but it's a little faked, you know, that sort of a vibe. <laughs> anyway, um, very much. But they, like brought, they brought the food and then and then like cameras come around and you like talk to your like I was like talking to my wife. And it, so there there is a there is footage of me in the show with like, you know, my name under my face or whatever. But basically the camera comes around and they're like, can you talk to each other about the food? So it's like me being saying to my wife, like these rolls are really like rolly, fluff, fluffy. And then she's like, agreed. And this salmon is, you know, fishy perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> we like caught both of us. Right. And then kind of go. But one thing that was very, very sweet also is that I didn't know her at the time, but there's this chef sort of buzzing around. She's like running one of the teams or maybe both of the teams teams and i just like clocked her and was like that that is a lesbian like that is a queer person right there like i it was like there was like a vibration between the two of us i did not i didn't i now know that she is like one her name is chef christina wilson she's one she like won an early top chef or whatever the other gordon ramsay stuff is i don't think he's top chef she is she like her. and then is she like helping them along because i know another so, lesbian chef no, who this yeah so then she became like a mentor on the show but she also runs gordon's restaurants so like oh, that's she cool. came from the world of his shows and worked her way up and now she yeah she runs like she runs the actual restaurants the ones that are all over the country um and so she and I, I, there's like a moment also that happened in this taping where like I stood up and just sort of like approached the, there's like a sort of a boundary around the cooking area. And she stood up and like, we sort of met in the middle without like discussing what was going on. And I was like, who are you? And she was like, 
well, I know who you are and I'm, I'm a fan. And I was like, well, you seem amazing. And so we like, I think we like exchanged phone numbers. I love you. And then You're my favorite person. She was I actually on my podcast. And then she came to see me do shows in Texas because she was there. Um, Did they put that in the episode? No, but in my private, so this is in your private, in my private life, I became friends with the lesbian from that show. Just because the two of us, I was like, look at how she's holding her body. And she, we like, we were just two magnets. It was extremely cute. The the annoying thing about that. So if I was in that exact situation, I would have had to get up and say, I eat pussy. Like I would have had to scream it, I'm, which is I'm, so annoying. But I love that you had that moment. But I always try to have that moment. But I end up looking like this sort of like confused straight woman, like staring at, like thinking about like what could, what my life could have been if I didn't marry I like Craig. You know what I mean? However, I, I, I get, we are having a different experience for sure. How did you book? Like, did you just t- say to your agent, like, I want to be no, on this they just show? Ask me. Fuck, that's awesome. Yeah. You got to be a judge on Chopped. On chopped. Yeah. You've got yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is, I think, because apparently the food is not very good because obviously they have like 20 minutes to give you like things that are made out of like gummy worms and I beef know. tenderloin. I know. But I know. I'm dying. It's all so great, right? <laughs> it's so good. It's so great. Yeah, there's so much. There's so many things I've gotten to do where... Like, I feel very lucky, and it was just, like, a beyond... I mean, I'm from Chicago, man. I'm from I love Chicago. Chicago. I just went to Chicago for the first time. I loved it. Yeah, and I, like, you know, started out doing live performance. And this is all... This is all... <laughs> all thing. Like, What's something, though, that you haven't done that you would like to do after all this hard work and Drag time? race judge. And I think that now oh. I'm working toward being a drag race judge. That is... I would love to do that. What's your vibe on drag kings? Love it. Do you? I I need to see some better drag king work. I talked about it. I was a guest on a show called Bad Queers. Everybody knows I love them so, so much. And my they ask you what your bad queer opinion is, which, by the way, is terrifying because I've been on I've been a guest several times and I'm like, y'all are going to set me my ass up. And my wife's always like, don't say some stupid shit on bad queers. I'm like, I know. She's like, don't let that internalized homophobia get you. I'm like, okay. But my bad queer opinion was, is that I have a hard time. Like, we're here. I love that show so dearly. I cry every single time I watch it. But every time they turn someone into a drag queen, drag king, this person is like a circus. It's like pink is playing circus vibes. It feels very last showman (laughs) is what I said. It is true. You know exactly. They're always like court gestury. I'm like, what I, is that? But I got sent. Right got sent on Instagram. So many amazing drag kings. Yeah. Um. So I have hope that that there is a good drag king out there for me. I would lose my mind if you were a judge on. Me. Drag Race. Me too. Well, here's what I'll say. I'd be like screaming at the TV. Like, that's, I think that, that's my internet friend. Like, yeah. I, Liz, I think, here's one thing I'm going to say. So, wait, where are you from? From San Francisco. And then how long have you lived in LA? Um, I was, I actually moved here once I saw your geolocation. No, I'm just kidding. I moved <laughs> here in 12 years ago. Okay. And, okay. So here's what I'll say. 
and maybe San Francisco has it. My roots in Chicago Mm -hmm. are like, so when I lived there, and this has changed a little bit, there was no entertainment industry and there wasn't proximity to California. Mm. You were like, you like moved to Chicago because you were like from elsewhere in the Midwest and you were like, I finally fucking made it to the big city. And it was like end of the road. Like it was like, I can't believe we all are the happiest we'll ever be. And it's a hard drinking city with a lot of bar culture. There's um, public transit. We'll stay out till four o'clock in the morning. And the art scene there is everybody knows each other and everybody's a fucking dirt bag. Nobody, because there's no money to be made. Right. So like when I lived there, my rent was $300. And I was like cobbling that together, like passing out granola bars while dressed like a granola bar and like nannying and also being a law clerk. And like, it just like, was wearing only jorts and like everybody looks like garbage and it's so fun and all of the art people all know each other but they all do different disciplines so there's like a modern dancer and whatever the fuck like fine artist and then clown whatever it is and so anyway that is where i've seen really amazing kings got it in i think you need to go dirtbag here that's the thing if you're looking for like a sort of a refined drag queen experience where like she looks impeccable and like like the the kings don't that's not we're not looking that's for that. i think that we're I looking think... for like art queers yes who have like fucked yes. up rat tails that's that's what you that's yes. you just haven't gotten to the rat tails yet and you Once know what's so... the rat tails you'll see the kings of your dreams and you know what i love that you're saying this because that is it i've yeah. seen I've seen the pageant queen. Like, I've got it all on lock. I know half of them. They're beautiful. They're stunning. Gorgeous. They're snatched. Yeah. They're great. I want, exactly, I want like a dirt, I want like a plumber. I want like a, <laughs> like a, like yes. a handy worker. Yes, I understand. You know? And they do exist. And that is the Chicago. issue. That's okay. the issue. And okay. I, you know, it's, it exists here in LA too. It's just that like, yeah, we're looking, you're looking for, for, Grit. nastier you're looking yeah. for the seedy underbelly yeah that's like i almost the, felt like rick james are. or something yeah. yeah you know what i mean like yeah. i don't want like yeah. pink like i don't want the last showman a lot like i don't want that i want like yeah i want like rick james i want like uh, a, oh yeah. i bet i could take i will figure it out okay i got this one um, i think i can help you <laughs> who would you help me with my eyelashes yeah, I got you. So easy, breezy. Who would you love? Like, and for you, for like, do you have a favorite um, drag race person? Like, can, contestant, winner, anything? Like, what's your? Well, a lot of to narrow, some, but... I've gotten to meet you know a bunch of them, and I will say that all of them are extremely intimidating to me, and I feel yeah, sexually and very tall to them. And um, let's see, where is it? I have. Tamagotchi somewhere that I got from Trixie Mattel. She oh, I Tam- love Trixie. She gave me a Tamagotchi. Um, That's great. But you know, Trixie's listen, fun. Listen, man. I mean, Alaska. Love Alaska. Alaska. Alaska lives right down the street from me. Oh yeah. I mean, what a dream. Yeah, I'm a. I'm just a. I'm a lucky boy. You know, I've gotten to meet yeah. those queens, and I find them to be. I've gotten to have a conversation with, with Rue. Mm-hmm. Conversations with Rue. Look, man. I don't know. I mean, did you see Rue's Architectural Digest open how open door? No, but I have to look that 
go look it up. Not to like plug my I work, did like but- a Zoom with her one time and she was in just like where she was staying, wherever she was, like Lisbon or something. And yeah, that tracks. It was like in a like gothic mansion. It's just like perfect. <laughs> my perfect. my only my only Ruth story is we went um this woman, it was Miles Davis Miles Davis' former wife was receiving the keys to West Hollywood. And at the time a coworker of mine was quite close to her. I'm forgetting her name, which is awful, but she was an incredible dancer and had a w- beautiful life and had written a book. And, you know, obviously her mm. life with Miles wasn't like all mm. sunshine and roses, but we went and there was only about 10 of us and we were in City Hall and maybe 15 of us, 10 to 15 of us. And I, somebody came in late and I, you know, looked around because we were in a theater and it was RuPaul. And I was like, holy fucking. Ruth sits down. They say, oh, are there any questions? Or I don't even think they asked if anybody had any questions, but Rue raised <sighs> their hand. And they're like, okay, yeah. And Rue asked a varying kind of, you know, intense question about her life. So, sort of, and I'm going to paraphrase because this was many, many years ago, eight years ago or something. Something to the effect of like, well, why didn't you just leave? <laughs> or something wild. And everyone oh. was sort of like, Huh. Interesting. Or like what, you know, huh. did you benefit from or it was kind of just a provocative question. It wasn't rude huh. by any stretch, but it was very provocative. Huh. And the this woman's like 90, by the way. She answers, kind of goes on. Nobody else asks a question. I sure as fuck I'm not going to ask a question. You know what I mean? Like, what am I going to? And then, you know, as we were leaving, you know, the ceremony's ending. Take the pictures. We're all starting to walk out. RuPaul gets on a city bike with a little like basket puts the Louis Vuitton backpack in the basket and just pedals away. <laughs> Dude, like I right on know. San Vicente. I don't, know. I don't know the answers for what we're all up to. That's so funny. But like, I, I mean. Like what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I have, here's what I will say. I have to go eat something in a second. We yeah. have to make no. that possible. But the number of, Further, here's what I'll say. Um, I don't know. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear a good story to end things? Yeah, let's wrap it up with a very good story, and then okay. I want you I think to a, to get something in your. I think belly. it's a pretty good story. Okay, so years ago, I hosted the Glad Awards, and the reason I'm thinking about this is because one of the people that was presenter was Luke Perry, and which you're giving you're giving a, Luke Perry. And when you said you had a crush on all people. Um, he was giving an award to Patricia Arquette for like her advocacy. Oh. And so he was backstage and he was so sweet, really nice and like calm and like good vibes, introduced himself to me, which I always appreciate when somebody's like more high status, you know, for that person to do the intro. It's more annoying if it's me to him. It's much better if it's him to me. So I thought that was very generous. Um, other people that were on the show, one of them was that I had to, this is somebody I had to throw, um, with, one of them was Mary J. Blige. And it turns out that that person, that is not even a person you can say hi to. Like she was so, I was like, hey, I'm about to intro you or whatever. And like, I, it, I wouldn't even, it's not even, I can't even register it as rude. The amount that she did not seem to register that a person was speaking to her because she's so MJB above all of us yeah. energetically. Like it was, I just was like, and as it should, be. you know, like, I just want, I 
lives, but so like in her intramarriage blood. But um other people that were at and again, just a little guy. I don't know what I'm doing here. Fucking trying my best. And they were like backstage, they were like, the Gettys are here. They're here and they're at this table. And we want you to go interact with them because they're big donors for us and everything. So I go out. I mean, the Gettys are it's oil money for anybody who doesn't know. They're like very big San Francisco family. Yeah. Kid uh, relatives. And they have an amount of money and legacy endowment. It's like beyond what any of us can understand, right? Correct. So I like go to their table. I mean, this is on television. And I was like, hello to the Gettys. Congratulations on <laughs> being your, who you are or whatever. It's so amazing. Can't imagine what it's like to have three museums. And I like hold out the, you know, the microphone or whatever. And one of them, I can't remember who, what this guy's name is. It's not Nance, but it's like that same generation. I'm like, three museums, what does it feel like? And then I pull up the microphone and this person just says, four. I bet it was Balthazar. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole thing. That was the whole interaction. No other words were said. They weren't like, me. nothing, just four. I honestly, that move, I'll think about that for the rest of my life. Just not three museums. Four. Four. Can you imagine? Um, no. I, I can't know. imagine. It's off the it's off the Richter. It's off the Richter. It's off the Richter. It is. It's off the Richter. Um, Cameron Esposito, I love you. You're one of my favorite people of all time. This was such a cute chat. Was it? It was. And this okay. time. Um, do me a fave. Yeah. Come to all shows, sit in the front. I'm serious, I'll invite you to. I will. And the and shopping. I went to go to the one, and my dog got so sick. I had to go. You and in, you invited me, and Ravi yeah. had to take her to the fucking vet. Okay. Uh, yeah. For, oh, I have a new show at the Elysian Theater. It's going to be every Tuesday at seven thirty here in Los Angeles okay. in the new year. Right now, Wonderful. we're just piloting it once a month, but in the new year, it'll be every Tuesday. Okay. Well, I'll come to that. Yeah. You better. You're a dream. Thank you. What did I tell you? The best, right? 10 out of 10. No notes. Cameron has a bunch of shows coming up in Los Angeles, a bunch of monthly shows that are coming out. So make sure to follow Cameron on Instagram and listen to their podcast, which is amazing, which by the way, you should DM Cameron and have her have me on the show. Uh, make sure you check out my Patreon. Lots and lots of video content there. Um, I do weekly Patreon-only episodes, um, depending on wow, your patronage. Uh, sometimes it's twice a week. Sometimes it's once a week. Definitely a lot of stuff coming up there. Um, so make sure you check it out. Check it out.